We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Light Years Podcast, we are back. Andy Lou, Sam Fendiari. Are we going to talk about this game tonight? Yeah, 48 should points. Should the Warriors trade KD for Luka? <laughs> should the Warriors trade Clay for Luka? Should they trade Steph for Luka? I mean. Um, after that game, Sam comes on and talks about Luka within the first five. On Brad, do you, for those listeners, they don't know. Do you, how much Sam talks about Luka Doncic? On a daily basis, are, are I make, love. See, because I keep my I keep my Luca takes to myself or in the group chat, uh, but like, he's pretty awesome. Just admit it. You know, I came into the season and I was like, "Well, this guy, he's kind of cocky. He's young. You're a Everybody skeptical. loves him." Yeah, exactly. I, well, I, but also, I just want to hate on him just because, like, just because I wanted to. It'd be fun. But then yeah, I because anytime them. anyone's super hyped, you're like, "Let me see it first. Let me, let me, yeah, it's always like, let me hate on this guy. Um, but he, no, dude, he is amazing. He is. And to me, it's, it's the stuff that you can't teach. Literally, if you watch a difference in this game, you watch how Harrison Barnes dribbles and you watch what happened against (laughs) KD and you watch Luka Doncic dribble and you immediately know it doesn't matter if you're 19 or you're 28, either you have that feel right there for how to move and how to play basketball or you don't. He's just a hooper. It's the same. I mean, I have Jokic on the TV screen right now. <laughs> They're completely different. <laughs> Another players. one of those guys. But it's like, um, honestly, you could say the same thing about Steph. Um, like it, the shooting gets all the credit, but it's like the fat, like the feel stuff. Like you either know how to play it at the NBA speed or you don't. Yeah, with Steph, it was the rookie year. I I, I know exactly what we're talking about because I I really didn't believe in Steph either when he was drafted. Right when he was drafted, yeah, I was super. Uh, I was, unex- like I was super unexcited about him as a pick. I'm like, in general, like small school guy. Come on, that never yep. works. Great, and call- like we watched those tournament games, and and, and yeah, it was, it was like, oh, okay, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah, but you're like, are he's too small? He's skinny. Like we're not gonna. It's not gonna amount to much. But then you watch him the rookie rookie year, and he's handling. He's scoring, and I was just like, holy crap! He can actually play point guard, and it showed like in the first year. Um, with Doncic, it's even crazier though. It's it's not that he's showing he can play in the NBA. He's showing he can play in the NBA at the highest level in this it, first year, which is know, ridiculous. You know what I didn't realize about him? Um, he's huge. Um, the first few NBA games I saw him, I'm like, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. And he knows how to use his body. That's the thing that like sticks out with me. It's like he knows exactly how to like seal guys off and create space. 
Um, the type of stuff that guys don't figure out usually till they're older, because usually when you're younger, you're just getting by on pure talent, not like yeah, crap, yeah. not like crafty Paul Pierce angle stuff. And he's got like that vet Paul Pierce thing where it's like, I'm going to like bump you step back this way. And you know, boom, that type of thing. So it's cool. It's kind of, um, what, what I was kind of thinking about today was like, you know, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, they're what? Three of the 12 or so best players in the NBA, 12 to 15. Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, yep. Uh, none of them are American. Doncic, not American. So it's kind of, and they're all born after 92. So like everyone always kind of points to the dream team as being like when basketball exploded globally. Like I think we're just going to be in for more and more um, international talents who are like legitimate superstars instead of like what we've kind of seen more over the years, which has been usually a lot of international players turn out to be like pretty good players, but not superstars. I mean, taking Dirk and yeah. maybe Tony Parker no, I, out of the equation. I hear what you're saying, like Rudy Fernandez coming through. Exactly, like, like that. totally a good yeah. player. Like he's an NBA player, but like like at this point, you know, now it's it's a global it's a global game so we're going to see more and more players um like not all the superstars are just going to come from you know LA or you know Akron like Steph um it's going to be it's going to be I kind of a global I thing. didn't I didn't know you were gonna. You, I didn't know you were gonna take this conversation here within the first three minutes. But I didn't really I like mean it. to. I, but <laughs> I hadn't. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's also what's also interesting is they always seem to like Steph Curry because we got to bring this back to the Warriors a lot more than guys like I don't know Ben Simmons. Um, guys also that are kind of. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> is yeah. he though? I mean, he he um, moved to the U.S. at a young age. When the it's 80s. like but it's like way. Kyrie, you know. It's like Kyrie is sure. is, is accounts. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like, um, like Luca, Jokic, those guys are are, are more. Um, or I'm thinking of Giannis and Embiid more, more so. Um, but anyway, Steph dropped 48 today, and one of those games where I was thinking to myself mid game, when was the last time he had to score that many? And it'd be a close game. Like that just isn't something. I mean, literally two weeks ago at Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not anything like it's hard getting used to. Because usually for Steph, when he goes off, you know, and he makes six, seven, eight threes and he's dropping thirty plus, by the time the third quarter hits, you know, he's putting those flurries together, it's over. I think it speaks a lot to the Warriors 2018, 20. 19 warriors that they need these games just to be able to barely win like i which is kind of a buzzkill for me to bring that up but that's i just couldn't stop thinking of that. i mean i mean you're I right just, like yeah three years ago if steph hits 11 threes it's probably a 25 point win um, even two years ago yeah i was even last year yeah now it's kind of like well one everyone's getting a bunch of threes up so he needs to just hit him to hold water and like you know end of the right. day I will. I like my chances if Steph's taking as many threes as your your team. You know, like just he's a better shooter than your best shooter. You know, you're going to win more times than not. But like, he's no longer you know taking 15 when the other team's best player takes five or six. Like now everyone's getting that many up, so he really just has to make them just to just tread water. Yeah, that's kind of similar to everything that we've been talking about just it seems like every time he makes a big one or he makes two in a row like justin jackson makes one it's like who the fuck is justin ja- today we were watching Jalen brunson make threes you know like what what, like what is Jalen this brunson, but yes your God. point your point stands it's like you, know, <laughs> you shouldn't it's, need steph to make 11 threes to hold water but such is life such and but that makes it more fun um and it also makes it interesting that Clay shot 20 times and, and KD really didn't shoot the ball. See, I, I'm interested about this, so help me out here. Help me understand this. Is KD comfortable with not shooting the ball or like what is going on? I don't know. I, I feel like um, the, the Warriors' biggest, I don't want to say tension, but um, the hardest thing for them is to find that perfect balance between Steph and KD being in rhythm. And typically the reason it's hard to find that balance is because of Clay and Draymond. 
if it was Steph, Katie, and just a bunch of goons, it wouldn't be an issue. But because of the roster they have, you know, like if Draymond's not going to be playmaking, what does he really do on offense, right? Um, so I always feel like there's kind of this weird, like, you know, they, it's, it's a rhythm thing. And, you know, both Steph and KD are rhythm players, uh, which is to say, like, they want the ball in their hands to find their rhythm to really get into a flow. Like, they're not Clay Thompson who just wants to catch and release. Yeah, I guess that, that makes it tough. And, and that's the weird balance because it's also nobody else can score. So you're all, the ball is also funneled to them at all times. Um, and I think KD is very comfortable this season averaging career high in assists, just saying, hey, I'd rather just pass the ball. Um, and I'd rather just kind of play make and show that I can do it all. And a lot of the times I feel like, dude, like, don't pass, like, forget passing to Draymond or Jurebko or McKinney, who, whoever is out there. Like, just go get your points uh, when you have the ball in your hands because rather do that than than have these other role players kind of struggle to score. But, right, but is he comfortable? You, is he comfortable scoring like that, or does he really want to um, kind of pound the ball and like? kind of work up the dribble to like really find his rhythm. That's kind of what I'm asking. Cause like when we get one of these Steph games, uh, the ball finds Steph a lot. Like it should anytime anyone's that hot, you should try to find them. Right. Um, but in doing so, can KD kind of have his rhythm as a scorer? I'm not sure. The, 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 the fake struggle continues, I guess, which is, you know, it, it's funny because, um, the Warriors in the mountaintop. <laughs> the Warriors have a good, a pretty tough schedule coming up. I think, right? They have the Nuggets. They have a bunch of road games. Um, Clippers. It's a, it's a fun Lakers. part of the schedule. We got the Celtics in two weeks. We got the Lakers. Like Lakers, a bunch of those yeah. marquee matchups. You're about to see, um, I think, how far Steph and KD can take them this season just by themselves. Because I, I don't know how Clay's back. But I don't know how back he is. Right? He still struggled. He struggled a bit, little bit tonight. A lot actually tonight. Um, Draymond is is I think at this point you I think you can kind of just say the offense is just not going to be there um, in terms of shooting. So really they only have like two and a half you know maybe three offensive players on the team. Um, so it'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see how far they can take it against um, really the rest of the league in terms of contenders coming up like actual good teams like like the Nuggets are an actual one seed. So it, it'll be interesting just because. Um, they're healthy now, healthy-ish, and Cousins is going to be back too. Um, and we probably should talk about that. I, I, I totally, yeah, so totally I forgot to bring it up. <laughs> we're probably not going to pod before Cousins' return because um, he should be back on Friday versus the Clippers. Right, you're right. Uh, if okay. not, you know, maybe he'll be back the game before. Um, maybe he's back on MLK. But we, we think he's coming back. Um, what do you think it's I, – because I kind of think he's going to probably play 20 minutes a game for the first, like, yes. at least yes. couple weeks. Like, Kerr is not – no one's going to overextend him. Um, but at some point, he's going to get that minute restriction off. And, I mean, he's he's a high-usage player. He's not. He's another guy who wants to touch the ball a lot to find his rhythm. Like, he, he's not a – not a Clint Capella just like, I'll roll to the rim. In some games, I'll get 25. In some games, I'll get 10, you know? Yeah, but you know, here's the thing, though. I, I I agree, but I think for this season, I think he's gonna do what's asked of him, and he's not gonna whine. I think his Cousins is similar to Draymond, where if you have him in a dose of half a season or just one season, um, I think you'll be good. I think, but I think he'll wear on you. So for if if for whatever reason the Warriors do re-sign Cousins and the math works out, which is impossible, but if it does, I think it wears on them, and I think it becomes like okay, now he's kind of tough to play with. Um, well, I feel like the, the only way year. they're going to keep him is if KD walks. Um, not that they get a better cap situation to pay him, but um, they I have think, to. <laughs> I think if KD walks, well, one they'd have their full mid level, and then you know it might be a little more attractive to him to like be able to show out and then get paid. Um, but in in which case, if that was to happen, they would absolutely need him to you know show his full game. As opposed to just like you know, fill the gaps as like a fancy version of Venus Cantor. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think for the point of now, I think it's I think it's fine. I am excited though to see him uh, play with the second unit. I think like they kind of want to put him in that David West role. Right, Cousins is about fifty thousand times better than David West, even if 
he's probably operating at 70% right now at best. Um, he's still going to be better, uh, better, sh- you know, at, at everything that David West was able to provide. So yeah, I mean, you can um, put you can put Clay in him with the second unit, and it's, I mean, that's that's a good enough core to beat most team starters. So yeah, yeah, I mean that that's I think that's the uh, I think that's the exciting part. I think for the Warriors players too, um, I think they're happy. They they look good tonight. They they seem like they were better body language body language doctoring tonight. Um, in the last two games, obviously, um, the the couple weeks before that, it was just really rough to watch them. Kind of just unhappy to play with each other. So I think with Cousins, that's one of those things where um, they are going to be happy. And one last, you would think. And one last point before um, we get Ethan in here. Um, Steph mentioned it in his post game, like he he basically said what he was crediting all like the little things, uh, Draymond, Katie, and Iguodala, and you know, he and Clay did like defensively with loose balls with stuff like that being like the key to them winning. Um, and it's really that simple. Like they, they have enough talent that the question is, are they going to work hard enough in the margins to win? Um, and they know it. So that's really <laughs> what it comes down to at this point. Yeah, that's true. All right, it's light years, and like the rest of us, you probably made a New Year's resolution. If you're planning to eat better, exercise more, be more patient, slander LeBron more, kinder, whatever, it all starts with a good night's rest. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter my promo code COZY, and you'll get two premium MyPillows and two Go Anywhere pillows. That's COZY, C-O-Z-Y. I like that. It's amazing what a difference a great pillow makes. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on their four-pack, shipping is absolutely free. That's right. It's free. Zippo, Zilch. Don't forget about their 60-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing better than the gift of restorative sleep. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, use my code COZY to get two premium MyPillows and two Go Anywhere pillows as well. MyPillow.com or call 800-966-1472. And remember, my promo code can be used for any offer on MyPillow.com. Again, Sam, what's the promo code? Promo code COZY. C-O-Z-Y. You've heard plenty of stories about drug cartels. They're all over the news, but the crime ring you've probably never heard of is one of the most dangerous in the world. They are the Mennonite mob. You heard right, Mennonites. 99% of them are kind god-fearing people but there's one group that has smuggled millions of dollars in narcotics from mexico to canada wednesdays starting january 23rd at 10 9 central wgn america presents the new tv series pure based on the true events of the mennonite mob the show is about noah funk their newly elected mennonite pastor who is determined to rid his community of the drug cartel but he finds himself way on over his head and the good pastor along with his wife will do some very bad things all in the name of protecting their family. Think of Pierre as Breaking Bad meets Witness meets Narcos. Ooh, I'm into that. Get hooked on Pierre Wednesdays starting January 23rd at 10, 9 central only on WGN America. WGN America is avail- available on DirecTV channel 307 Dish channel 239 or check your local cable listings for the channel in your area it's going to be a little low energy because i don't want to wake the baby up it's going to be a little npr <laughs> or as uh npr Arnovitz, if anybody's a, a fan of kevin arnovitz's <laughs> podcast and stylings <laughs> you know that, oh, no. it, you really do have the npr voice down right now though it's like it, it's oh, a I very like it. distinct tone or it's like it's 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 quiet. It's you're you're kind of if you don't like it, it's almost like you're 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 not smart enough to get it. That type of thing going on. I I, I like that. If you don't agree with me, it's because you're stupid. Exactly. We are back. Sam Esfandiari, Andy Lou. We've never had this guy on, um, and I'm very glad that he's finally on. He's everybody's favorite Warriors writer. Every Warriors player. Favorite Warriors writer. <laughs> Every Ethan Warriors Strauss? least favorite. Let's get, let's get it right. <laughs> I like it. I've, I've known Andy for years, and he just always uh, invariably gets my last name wrong. Just each time. Every time. Whatever it's <laughs> It's said. Strauss? How do I mess that up? 
I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I kind of pride myself on being able to pronounce. Oh my! Really? It's always been Strauss. You know, I've always said Strauss. Wow. Well, I don't know. For all I know, your last name could be Liu. I, I, well, I that know. is the actual pronunciation. So you'd actually have that right. Oh, oh wow. wow! Wow! I'm wow. shook. I now I feel bad. Uh, this so, is how we're starting yeah. off light years this week, so, guys. Well, you should feel bad because, like I was saying earlier, if you went to the Count the Dings event, you guys would have been hailed as celebrities. I was surprised. I didn't understand how many people would be at this thing. It was a it was a packed actual theater. This is an actually you, popular you've thing. Done a few, you've done a few of their events in the past. Was this it, was this it a, a lot big, bigger? This is a yeah, this is a bigger theater, man. This was uh, this this is interesting. This is a whole little universe that uh, that, that Jade Jade has built. I was I was uh, I was staggered by it. Did we see you in a dunked on shirt, or was that was I looking at something else? No, oh, I I went in a dunked on shirt. I just thought it'd be funny. What a I just, legend! I don't know. It was in my luggage. I had a nicer shirt that I was about to put on, and I saw the dunked on, and I just thought it's just funny to net. It, 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 I mean, so dunked what, on is worth repping, but it's it's funny to rep it. Also, so it, it was like a little a bit of a. It wasn't like a shot at them. Like you know, I only like highbrow, <laughs> deep, deep analysis podcast. Not not this mailbag stuff. Was and Harper do. <laughs> to me, it was uh, a little bit of a shout out to Danny Larue. If we're talking about great last names in media, Danny Larue, who would, when I was on my sabbatical, shall we call it, would uh, do those live streams, and he would wear the free Ethan and the Radio Ethan shirts in the <laughs> live streams. So I always felt like I should rep back the other way. So that's that. That was the thought behind that. <laughs> should we uh, should we talk about how it's also Steph's team again? Praise the Lord. Oh well, do you? Okay, so here's what I want to know um do you actually believe that giving steph full control is the path to power and to winning or do you just prefer when they're playing that way and that's why you want it and you're working backwards to try to convince yourself that that's the most effective way (laughs) can i I take this one andy (laughs) please I i think um they're best when steph is heavily involved in the action but they're also at their best when he's floating between being on ball and off ball. It's never ideal when it's all one way or the yeah. other. Like part of part of Steph's gift is the fact that he's almost equally as impactful in both fashions. Like I can't really think of another superstar who can do that. You know, like LeBron, Harden, those guys need the ball in their hands. Steph doesn't, so it allows you freedom to play a certain way. Um, so it really just comes down to, like, I just want him involved in more on-ball actions. He can be the screener. He can give the ball up. There, There's a million different ways to use him. But um, in general, like, having him involved at, in the primary action tends to lead to good things. <laughs> the, the, the best part is the only other guy that's unselfish like that is KD. That's the only other superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would tend to agree with everything Sam just said. I, I'm also thinking about tonight was a game that would make um would make Tom Haberstroh happy. Where did Steph shoot? Did he did he take 19 three pointers total? Um, that might have been circumstantial. That might have just been about the Mavericks and how they play defense. But it would be nice if I, I know we like to say variety is good, but maybe taking some of the shots and, and pushing them back further behind the line. I'd like to see Steph pulling up from farther away. I, I think that's the next evolution in basketball is just shooting from areas of the floor that were kind of considered. You don't do that. I, I see. I'll put it this way. I see no reason why somebody bringing the ball up at the logo, walking into the logo, shouldn't just shoot from the logo. I see guys who hit six out of, you know, six out of 10, seven out of 10 and warmups on that sometimes. I mean, is that a worse shot for elite three-pointers you can do it than, I don't know, uh, Russell Westbrook off the dribble three-pointer? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know the, the annoying thing is, I, I think it's, if the rest of the league didn't start shooting so many threes, I don't think any Warriors fans would care. But mm-hmm. then the Warriors fans ju- literally just saw Harden shoot 23 threes in a basketball game. And they're like, this guy isn't even a great three-point shooter. I mean, he's solid. He's not, he's not Steph. So you're like, okay, so what if Steph averages like 23s a game yeah. like Harden does? What if, like, that's kind of the, um, but, but I guess Harden, that's kind of the gripe. Harden has that step back that now people are calling the new Kareem Skyhook, which, by the way, <laughs> I, I wonder why not three-pointer Skyhooks? Why not hookshot threes? Why not that? Oh, God. 
I mean, I feel, I feel like Doncic would do that. I feel like he's got that in him. Use like his his wide body and just start hooking the, the sky hook. Here, here's another one. I mean, what if I told you that next year all of Clay's post ups, all of those turnaround contested turnarounds that he does on smaller players, are just going to be from three point range instead of from mid range? I mean, wouldn't you kind of prefer that? I know nobody does that. Nobody does the post up three, but. Could anybody explain to me why that's just impossible? But the other one is is really good basketball, and we should applaud it. I I, I just I I know I'm just turning the league on its head here uh, as a as a dweeb behind a keyboard, but I'm just throwing that out out there. <laughs> well, Sam says it's Steve Kerr's fault, so oh, yeah. I do not say that. Um, by the way, to to Strauss's point on um, and now you're making me mess up Ethan's last name, which I've never got wrong <laughs> once before, Andy. Um, <laughs> What was I going to say? <laughs> Steph took 32 shots, 19 threes. KD had 21 shots. Clay had 20 shots. No one else took more than six shots. So to your point, it's like for all the ball movement and beautiful game stuff, the Warriors this year have been more top-heavy in terms of just field goal attempts than ever before. Mm-hmm. And it's not really moving away from it either. Like there, You'll get a random Jarebko takes eight shots game. That's about it these days. You know, even in this game, Steph had some good looks that he just passed up and then tossed to somebody and then did that run from one corner to the other corner thing. They're so odd sometimes where it does feel as though they pass up a great shot to get a bad shot. <laughs> and, well, that, that's yeah. that's what they used to. That That's what it, you remember 2014, 15, and then 15, 16 when they used to just pass the ball eight times and overpass. I think now that – I mean – I. I'm, I kind of think the league is caught up now that it's kind of they're just not that good anymore as compared to everybody else, at least in the regular season, at least like in January, that when they try to pull that off, it's just it's just not the same. Well, like, they you don't kind of recap. They don't well, have an intellectual advantage in terms of like we have this strategy that no one else does. Like everyone's got the strategy now. So now it's just down to talent. Next, Well, it's also there are these little other things that they were ahead of uh, where the sidestep three pointer. And now you see defensive players actually look for it and I used to think oh that's just an unstoppable play that's incredible but apparently you can actually <laughs> you can actually stop it if you scout for it and uh, I, I think it's interesting to get it back to Harden in the step back three why is that so effective for him I, I was talking to Dave Dufour and he was he was breaking it down and saying just that he's a lefty and he has that incredible footwork that it just does something that makes it unblockable for him and so maybe that's why he has a, a, he does a three point thing that we just don't see as often from the Warriors. And Steph, in theory, has that unguardable step back, but he just doesn't do as much of that kind of lurching to the side that he did back in 14-15 and and, and 15-16. But now I think people would be right to complain because that was a a fantastic offensive performance and what a fun game. And Luka and Steph going back and forth, Steph nearly going for 50, and we're just being the hard graders that we are. I I, I just... There's, it's annoying because it's easy to blame anyone for for what's going on. And it's like, you get so used to seeing how great they are in the regular season. And then you kind of see like, well, you know, KD doesn't really want to be here. You know, Draymond's kind of whatever's going on with him. Nobody knows. And then Clay's just shooting 40 times a game. And then like, no matter how great Steph plays or or KD does individually, you just kind of have that in the back of your mind. It's Mm kind of something that's just sitting there. So you're kind of, almost it is almost taken away like okay well the war is going to be cool cousins are going to be back like they'll most likely win a title but then you also think of it like well what does it actually mean a year or two down the line and that's where it's kind of all right they're going to win four out of five but they're not going to win you know seven out of eight which is kind of what everybody wants obviously that kind of makes it a little bit more at least to me i think that's how people are feeling do you feel do you miss being a little underdogish do you miss that? Do you miss 14-15 where maybe they were the best team um, in the league and they were dominating, but people doubted them and they hadn't won a championship in, in 40 years and all these threes and it, you know they drafted all these guys? Do you miss that versus being the evil empire? I know you like to bask in being the evil empire and you use it to your advantage, but do you miss being more of an underdog? It's No, I, I, don't, I don't miss it. I miss... I miss not seeing Steph just doing what he did then. It's I think it's it's the difference. I think that I think that Kerr um, is willing to kind of go out of his way to 
you know, kind of make role players comfortable, which we're going to talk about this later, actually hasn't worked for, let's say, Patrick McCall, right? He's kind of okay with making guys comfortable, and, and he's obviously kind of trying to make KD as comfortable as possible, and that might take away from Steph, and it might be better for the team, but it's different from what it looked like years before, and I think that's the part. It's like, dude, if you're going to suck, quote-unquote suck, and be, you know, 28 and 14, like, you, you might as well, you might as well just let Steph cook and not do this bullshit where he's, you know, kind of dicking around on off screens and staggering and, you know, all this stuff where it's like, all right, man, like, what are we really doing here? If, if it's going to be boring, we might as well just at least let KD and Steph both chuck it up 30 times. But instead, we've got to watch, you know, guys like Quinn Cook get benched for Sean Livingston, which is another thing that, you know, is not understandable. But again, that then you're complaining about Steve Kerr and it's like, what is there? to complain about when it's really been going that great right yeah it's almost a harmless thing to complain about kerr because if they were to uh if they were to fire him it just seems like it would be such a drastic decision that would be ripping a lot of infrastructure out of how the team operates so in a way steve is almost a safe thing to complain about because it's something that doesn't uh it it doesn't consequence yeah it doesn't beg for a consequence and people will say fire kerr and people complain about about Kerr. I've certainly seen fans saying, why don't you, you know, start grilling Steve on, on this or that? And they could be right sometimes, right? Um, but it is this kind of safe place to have a complaint because it's not like a change. You're, I, I've scarcely seen anybody prominent, at least, um, really advocating for a firing. Well, and you know what it is. It's the, the fan base is not used to being successful. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, end of the day, if it was the Lakers or I don't know, the Celtics. I'm just trying to think of teams that have had like generational success. Um, although the Celtics goes is more like black and white TV success, but um, like the, <laughs> there's a little more like perspective for the fact that like, you're just not going to get guys playing at that like mid sixties win pace, like eight years in a row. Um, but, but warrior fans are just, just don't get it. They're just used to chaos pretty much their entire existence. So, Seeing the team go from kind of, I don't know, kind of being must see TV for a couple of years to turning into, um, you know, just kind of being your normal juggernaut team, which is like, yeah, we might get up for some random games, but we're going to throw some away uh, because our only concern is the playoffs. I'm, like, the, the I'm fan sorry, base I'm isn't a little used to that. I'm a little distracted right now because uh, I, I still have C- NBC Bay Area on. And Did you just see that? I saw that too. Yes, yeah, so oh. you were watching the same thing with uh, Feldman <laughs> and, and Fareed. Uh, what is it? The 2019 Coaching Corps Game Changer Awards, and they ran out with eye black and headbands and did a little... <laughs> Switch it uh, over to Denver-Portland. It's good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Well, uh, wait, is it on NBA TV or is it on League Pass? Uh, league, league pass. pass. League pass. Okay. You well, think, now you're going to. You think me and Sam should come out in a headband like that next time too? You think we should do that? <laughs> I, like, I think we should also, time? but I, I want to know what this is because it's like a scaled down Oscars that's just about Clay, where the camera goes to Clay every three seconds. What is this thing? What What are we? What are we watching? This is how the Warriors are keeping Clay happy. You know, like they're, they're worried about the disease of more. They're giving him his own Oscars, where he gets to give his uh, his coach, his high school coach, an award. I think that's uh, what the yeah. premise of this is. Is that what it is, Sam? I, I I saw a clip. There was there was a clip of Clay talking about how um, Steve Kerr was making him do um, bounce pass drills. I think mm-hmm. and like jump stop bounce pass drills. And he was saying his high school coach was making him do the same thing. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know what this is though. But this um, is they have is what we are watching. What Sam was joking about that this actually happened where they built a faux award <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> just to make him happy by rewarding his coach because he has that amount of leverage going into his contract year. I love this. Wait, theory. <laughs> that should be about KD too. Then where's KD's? Um, I, maybe he didn't like his coach as much. I don't know. <laughs> they're, just, they're just giving him a, was it series a stock options on, on tech companies right now. So they're going to give it another way. Uh, it's just you get that Bitcoin bonus. Um, <laughs> wow! Well, so now's the time. One second, let's get it over to the, Denver, Portland. So I mean, this this light, this is the hack right here. If you have Xfinity and you have League Pass right here, listen for it. Pressing the sound button. NBA HD beta. <laughs> hey, I have that too. Yep. There you go. Um, what uh, should we, Sam? Should we talk about? I, I'm curious about this. And Ethan, we gotta talk about your boy Steve. 
Mm. What Marcus wrote a, a piece about McCall that my interpretation of it was that McCall is kind of soft and just he wanted minutes and he's really not that good and he, but he wanted those minutes anyways and then he got all bitchy and he left. That's kind of the interpretation. Nothing else. I know nothing else. But on top of that, it does seem that um, Steve Kerr should have just played the guy. You know, like should have just played him 20, 25 minutes a game and just let him f- screw up, right? And just let him grow. Same was I've always said that about Jordan Bell. Um, and so how much of that, because Steve Kerr's job's role here because you've already got four superstars, um, is to get role players, to get them to develop. So how much of this blame actually goes on to the head coach? That's a great question. Now, I think the McCaw situation is a little more complicated than that. I don't know if that's one that, that Steve just could have solved, but it is a fair critique of the team that in the last couple of years, they went from being a great incubator of young talent and a great developer of young talent to maybe not so great. And that might just be a circumstance of how great they are because you can't necessarily just give roles over to young guys huh. and give them uh, give. I, I remember enjoying McCaw early on in summer league and in a preseason game, working out a pick and roll, but I, I don't know if this team was prepared to give him all the reps that one would need to maybe develop him if he could be developed in that position. And as to is this Steve's job, is it not his job? It, it's probably part of his job, but there's an entire apparatus underneath the surface of an organization devoted to player development. Um, a lot of different coaches, a lot of time uh, that, that that isn't during the game. And I, I don't know if the Warriors have lagged on that, but I do know that they have lost a lot of uh, a lot of guys who did that kind of thing. I was just at the Clipper game yesterday in L.A. Uh, where they played the Pistons, and I was uh, I went to the locker room afterwards, and I saw Zaza, and I saw, uh, but who I also saw was uh, Theo Robertson and Sammy Gelfand, who mm-hmm. both had roles within that you know, within that world and worked with the Warriors. I'm not saying that those two guys were the guys you could not lose and everything's been worse, you know, since they left. But it's just an example that the Warriors have had a lot of uh, attrition within the staffing ranks. And it's quite possible that that has had an impact on the development. But isn't that kind of always the case when you're the quote unquote it franchise? Like, I mean, how many times has Pop turned over his staff with the Spurs? Well, the Spurs were always smart about it. They always hyped up their uh, least good staff members and other teams <laughs> hired them, and they kept the ones like Chip England for themselves. So I think the Spurs are very smart about how they did it. Okay. So Warriors are being <laughs> like too open. the Warriors are being too open about who's good internally is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason Pop doesn't allow any media coverage of his team and then <laughs> hypes through sources that, you know, yeah, this person's just amazing. <laughs> So the, the, the pick and roll thing is, is interesting to me because, like, as you put it that way, yes, you can't have Pat McCaw running, like, multiple pick and rolls in a row while Katie and Steph are just kind of standing there on the court. Like, no, he can't do that and, like, expect the locker room to be okay with that on a consistent basis. Um, so then it goes back to, like, the only young player they've developed has been Looney, who's, by the way, been really good this year. Um, and it's because he kind of doesn't need the ball. Um, you can look at McKinney in the same way. They didn't develop him and he's not really that young, but it's like, it seems like maybe their, their young players they've been going after have not necessarily been the right type of young players. Like they clearly have this in all time core. They're all kind of players who want the ball. The, the focus should be on trying to find players who can impact the game without needing excessive touches yeah that's a great observation and i think it might connect to what i was saying too about they're too good um and they just want people to sort of fit in and yeah that's that's maybe good for the warriors but that's not good for the development of these guys these guys need to be tested they need to reach out outside of the specific role that's designed for them um and i I, i've questioned kerr on this and he has said that he actually thinks that it's easier and it's better to develop that way we're not as much as needed of you but i just haven't seen the evidence to suggest that and good on kevon looney for developing within all this but he's another guy where i think man he'd be a more effective player if you could actually pick and pop and uh you know he's he's still a guy now 
that air ball yeah. corner three. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was not so great, Ethan. I I want to get your thoughts on this. This is what I'm most curious about. I, I need your KD takes. Everybody's got KD takes. Everybody's got KD, KD predictions. He's saying, you know, 2,000 million different things. But you wrote a piece uh, the other day on him, um, and it was kind of saying, you know, every, everybody's probably read it that listens to this. We don't need to go over it. But so so what are your thoughts just on the season and, 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 and kind of his before, feelings? Before you answer, I just want to – because this will <laughs> be, be a topic. Um, Kerr, first comment in postgame – was about KD, how he ran the last few plays for KD, and KD suggested changing them to run them for Steph, and he applaud and him applauding KD's selflessness. So that was that's what Steve le- led with in post game today. That's very interesting. That's great context, man. Great context. I'm not going to read into that because uh, I may have been <laughs> criticized a little bit for reading into the constant. Um, and, and some would say out of context praise that, that Kevin Durant tends to get in these post-game press conferences. I'm not. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Ethan getting in trouble again? Is there a Warriors forward you have not upset? Like just over this whole run? Barnes, Lee, Draymond? If you want to. If you want to know, so everybody upsets everybody. Sometimes I'll, I'll mention that somebody's upset at me and they, they think it's unusual. <laughs> Players read about themselves or a friend tells them about it and they, they tend to not like it. And it's just a lot of people ask, oh, do you, or is, what's it like between you and Draymond? Is Draymond like, like, no, that was two years ago. Draymond sees me and says, hey, and I say, hey, we're not best friends, but this <laughs> is just the, like, a million people have angered him between that and you know today (laughs) (laughs) you know you know i I do feel like the people that do get angry for a reason it's like it kind of hits home right like that that's kind of the thing it's like you get you really lash out at someone when you think that they're wrong but really it's like they probably said something that was kind of true and it kind of pisses you off well, there's a Yiddish saying that the greatest libel is the truth, and I feel that too. I mean, if I'm reading some sort of comment on an article I wrote, and they get me at, at where my insecurity is, yeah. right? If they're just saying something crazy, you know, they could be calling me the worst things in the world. But if it doesn't even touch on anything right. that I had a creeping doubt about, then that's not really going to affect me. But if I think like, yeah, I did kind of talk a little too much about that, or yeah, maybe that is my bias, like, oh, it feels worse, and. Um, I think with a lot of players, that's a little uh, amplified by how a lot of people around them are just telling them that everything they feel is correct all the time. So that could be a bit of an issue and how to handle that kind of blowback. So, um, and you saw that, you know, I was at the Clipper game. That was a funny one. So I was at the Clipper game and, and, and you guys probably saw this play out over the internet. The, the Blake Griffin thing? Yeah, so Jovan, shout out Athletic, subscribe to The Athletic, Jovan <laughs> Buha, um, you know, tweeted out that he saw Blake Griffin snub Steve Ballmer at the end of his shooting routine. And Jovan's perspective on it actually wasn't the behind perspective that the video eventually revealed. He actually, he saw the whole looking at, he saw, I don't want to, I don't want to take from what Jovan might have said or reveal anything he doesn't want me to reveal. But he had, he had a very clear sight line to that, and he tweeted it out. And then they they came out with the video. Blake Griffin's brother was already going at Jovan for stirring the pot. And then Blake Griffin afterwards in the press conference after winning the game uh, is asked about it, calls out Jovan, says it was kind of bullshit that he tweeted that because everybody knows at the end of my shooting routine, I run to the locker room. It it was also just funny, too, the whole everybody knows. You know, I know Blake Griffin was – was a thing in LA, but he played for the Clippers. And I'm just thinking, I was just thinking, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm around the Warriors a lot. I have an idea of how certain shooting routines end. I, I don't know if I know exactly how everybody's shooting routine ends. I don't, you know, I, Everyone I don't, knows well, Steph goes left two times before he goes right with the step back in pregame. Come on now. Everybody. Yeah. Well, everybody knows that Steph runs down the hallway, but that's, I, I don't. I don't know if I could tell you exactly how he gets off the court. I could tell you that he runs down the hallway after signing the autographs. Anyway, and he says that that was kind of, that, that was kind of bullshit and kind of calls him out. And then 
he's asked, well, would you shake Steve Ballmer's hand if you saw him again? And then he goes, I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to answer hypotheticals. <laughs> like, dude, why are you lying? Like, what, what, what that are was, you doing? That was my favorite because he actually could have won that debate by just saying, yeah, totally. You know, it's yeah. just not the time and place. But the, he, he was so uh, petty in it. Like, he just couldn't bring himself to say it. And he's like, oh, so you... So his observation was correct. <laughs> it's hilarious. He vindicated him back to back. It, it is just so funny to me. And so, you know, the problem, I guess the problem in that instance was that Yovan actually did capture a moment of how petty Blake Griffin is. And Blake probably should have just owned it, but I guess didn't want to. I mean, I make the analogy that it's the difference between if I'm mad at, you know, Comcast Xfinity, I should say, let's say, um, because I'm, you know, using Xfinity right now and I'm on the phone and maybe the guy's not dealing with me well. Maybe I go off on him. Maybe I'm comfortable having that one-to-one interaction. I don't necessarily want to be video recorded and have that put out to the world. And maybe that's what Blake was feeling, that he was cool snubbing Steve Ballmer, but he wasn't cool with the entire world seeing him snub Steve Ballmer. But we've gotten off on a tangent, Um, (laughs) or I have. Sorry about that. I forgot what was the original question. It was something so about it was KD. KD. It was about it was about Ethan's um, war. Can the Warriors oh, yeah, win and right. keep KD I happy? No, I gave I gave you no KD take, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why because I think the thing that Zach Lowe wrote still holds true, which is nobody really knows what KD's deal is, and nobody ever will know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it's that simple. You know, it looks a little bit precarious as to whether or not he'll he'll resign. Now, I don't see other options that are fantastic, but who knows? Maybe he's done. Maybe he wants it to be New York. But it's so hard to know with just how quickly it changes um what's going on with what's going on with him. So I, I made the analogy in an article that it's almost like he's completely different from and completely similar to Kawhi Leonard where Kawhi gives you nothing. And so you don't really know what's going on in there. And, and, and KD almost gives you everything. And it's almost like the internet. There's almost too information, much information to process. And so we don't really know anything in the end and we don't really have a, a clear direction on it. So that's my analogy. I wish I could give you a more satisfying answer. It's, a, it's funny. Cause me and Sam have been talking for, I don't know how long Sam we've been talking about KD to go on. So probably like the beginning of the, uh, the, the end of last, last season. Mid no, last year. Yeah. Kind of whenever the, the exact same thing. Who weird. knows? <laughs> We've said the same thing that it's just like, dude, like I don't, I don't know. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. Who the fuck knows? Oh. It's just now. Now it's just a little bit. Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard dunk right there. Uh, Sam, were you watching that? Yes, I think I you was are asking ahead of Sam me right now. <laughs> I, I, I was asking Sam. So we'll get you out, Ethan. I know. I know you got to go watch the uh, new True Detective. Um, <laughs> I was asking Sam before the before we recorded. I don't know how I can trust Denver. So I'll spin it this way. Um, what are your kind of predictions, thoughts on, you know, kind of Warriors test through the West? And then finally, what where do you think Katie's going to go um, before you jump out here? Oh, okay. So on the Warriors test, I think the Oklahoma City Thunder look pretty good. Um, here's what's a quirk with the whole Denver thing. I don't... I, I don't want to go all uh, gambling column here, and I don't want to shift what the lines might be. But I <laughs> might, if it is Nuggets, Thunder... I might advocate backing the Nuggets. I, I just like how they've handled the Thunder. So that's just one little aside. But I also think the Thunder would be a lot for the Warriors to handle. I mean, Steven Adams. They're going physically up overwhelming. Yeah. Always we are. We don't know what shape that uh, the Cousins is going to be in. And the Thunder play defense. And so they're hungrier. I mean, there's definitely a motivation gap between those two teams, you would have to assume. So I'd have to think that the Thunder are the second best team in the West and also mm-hmm. the uh, the biggest test for the Warriors. I don't necessarily see anybody else at that level. Correct me if, if you think I'm wrong. I know Nate um, mentioned the Lakers. I just don't think the I talent agree. around LeBron yeah. is good enough. I just I just don't. So um, I think the Thunder is the main – that's the main test. And, oh, man, I would like to see that series. See, and I, I don't think the Thunder – if they if they got matched up with the Lakers, I'd take the Lakers over them. Yeah, because me I, too. Because yeah. I kind of feel like every one of those games is going to go down to the fourth quarter, and then you're talking about – LeBron's Le- winning it. LeBron versus Russell Westbrook decision-making. And over over a best of seven, I mean that's I'm gonna lead one way on that one. Mm. 
So I don't know, but yeah, the Thunder are interesting because if if Russell Robertson Westbrook wasn't back. if Russell, I don't think Robertson's coming back. I think he's done. But mm. even without him, it, it comes Ooh. down to basically if Russ can just get back to two years ago. Like he's he's shooting just horrendous. Like I'm not even asking him to be a good shooter. I'm just asking him to not be a historically terrible shooter at this point. And that would kind of change everything with that, or that would make them a bigger threat to me. I like the Marcus theory on how Westbrook getting worse makes him a more in-control player and might actually help them in a way. Uh, But, yeah. Where he he actually feels his humanity as opposed to thinking he's the best player on the court at all times. Yeah, he stops being point guard Icarus. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. They are better when he recognizes that him taking 30 shots is not the recipe for success. Yep, yeah, but you know that, that game against the Spurs, I like that he just kind of kept shooting, though, because he was just wide open, and it's kind of like the difference between like Draymond. You see Draymond doesn't even want to shoot anymore. It almost feel bad nowadays. Yeah, but but it, like, was, dude, it was the shots he took. They were in rhythm, like I'm be, open, right, as right, opposed right, to, right. Um, I don't know, someone hits Some... a shot, and I'm going to pull up from... <laughs> 30 feet instead of even trying to get anyone else involved type of shots that he used to do. I'm sorry. I was mesmerized by Rocky, the mascot, uh, rubbing the underside of his tail in some kind of dance. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. All right. Well, Ethan, we'll get you out of here. We appreciate you coming on. And I need, I need right now the, um, the definitive hold, uh, hold a gun to your head. We're going to aggregate it. Take is Katie coming back? Today, I'm going to guess no. Ooh. That's just a guess. It's just a guess. I think that you're the only no. So I think Marcus and Anthony said yes. So I think Mar- Mar- didn't a... Marcus say no on a radio show? And look, and listen, Marcus changes his mind as much as KD does. Listen, Marcus, KD, what's the difference really? Well, to me, it's almost <laughs> a coin. To me, it's a coin flip. I, I, it's just I don't. It, it's a coin flip. I, I I was tempted to say yes just because the Knicks look so trash, but then you know a lot could change. But I, then Kyrie I, got into a fight with the Celtics and he's in play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the various Game of Thrones. So I don't and anybody reading into it anything I don't know. But that's just that's just the guess. Ethan, we need you on again. Appreciate you for coming we'll, we'll on. Do Strauss, it. Strauss. We'll, We'll do it. We'll do it for longer. And everybody, uh, check out my podcast, um, uh, Haas of Strauss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> See you guys. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.